good morning. Thank you so much for joining us today for our word of the day. Uh, this morning, we're going to continue looking at the book of Job. We're going to look at Job chapters 36 and 37. And in these chapters, we are getting the end of the response of Elihu. Now, Elihu, if you remember, he had been there with Job and his friends for the entire time. Uh, up until for the first 32 chapters, Job and his friends have kind of been arguing back and forth. Job's friends accusing Job of, of some sin that he had to have committed because God only punishes those who sin. And Job defending himself and saying, I have no uh, sin that I have against God. I'm right with God. I don't understand what God's doing to me. And he kind of starts arguing that God is mistreating him because of how good Job actually is. And in chapter 32, Elihu, who is the youngest of the group, begins to answer. He's been silent the entire time, listening to kind of this back and forth argument. And at the end of chapter 31, Job is done speaking. He even says, I'm done arguing. Uh, his friends are kind of so frustrated with him that they're done arguing. And so Elihu speaks up and uh, he begins to respond, not just to Job, but to Job and his friends, and he has an argument to each of them. Uh, he talks to the friends and says that their view of God is wrong because they believe God only punishes the unjust or punishes the wicked, and they're accusing Job of being wicked, but they have no proof about what Job's done, and so they have no proof to back up their claims. And then he even kind of responds to Job and says, Job, you believe that since you're so good, and since you're so, you know, righteous in man's eyes that God shouldn't allow bad things to happen to you, and both of those views of God are wrong. As a matter of fact, look what Elihu says in chapter 36, verse 2. Suffer me a little, and I will show thee that I have yet to speak on God's behalf. So Elihu tells them, says, look, I'm not defending Job. I'm not defending his friends. I'm not accusing Job or accusing his friends. I'm defending God. I'm here to, to argue God's case as to what is going on. And the, from the entire response that he gives, all he speaks about is the glory of God and how powerful God is and how wise God is and how strong God is and how anything God does is righteous and just because God is righteous and just. Look what he says in verse 26 of chapter number 36. He says, Behold, God is great, and we know him not, neither can the number of his years be searched out. What he's saying here is we, with our finite minds and our kind of limited perspective of what's going on, we can never understand God. See, what we're going through we only see what we're going through. We only see the, the situation that we're in. We only see the, the things that we're facing, the things that we're doing. But God sees everything. God sees all of eternity spread out. And God knows that what Job is going through, he knows how it's going to affect uh, Job next year, in the next decade. He knows how it's going to affect history for the next thousand years. He knows how what Job is going through is going to affect us today. So we can never understand why God does what God does because we see what we see. We see what we're going through. We see what we're facing. We see what we're enduring. But God sees the bigger picture. God sees how it will work out for good 
and for his glory when we can't see that. Then look what he says in verses 29 through 31. He says, Also, can any understand the spreadings of the clouds or the noise of his tabernacle? Behold, he spreadeth his light upon it, and it covereth the bottom of the sea. For by them judgeth he the people, and he giveth meat in abundance. What he's telling us there is that we can't understand how God acts. He's telling us that God doesn't act by our rigid ideas of how God should act. He goes, look, he sends lightning all over the earth. He even sends lightning to the sea where there's nobody there. He, he does what he wants to do because he has an idea and he has a purpose behind it. And it's his wisdom, not our wisdom. He, he uses his power to judge people and he uses his power to bless people. And sometimes he uses nature to do both. You know, it's kind of like what the New Testament says. It rains on the just and the unjust. You know, right now, we've been getting a lot of rain in our area, and I'm kind of sick of it, but rain's necessary. You know, we're coming up on spring, and farmers are going to need the rain. They're going to need it to water their crops and to help uh, water their herds. And so when they get rain, it's a blessing to them. And sometimes people who aren't farmers, we get rain, and it's, it's a curse to us. Maybe we got a leaky roof or flooding basement. And so we curse the rain while the, the farmers bless the rain. So he's telling us, God uses the same things to bless or to judge everybody. And it's not our decision or our place to decide that what he's doing is either judgment or it is a blessing. We have to leave that up to God. Then at the beginning of chapter 37, he begins to describe a, a great storm. And he describes it so powerfully that a lot of theologians believe that this storm suddenly came out of nowhere, and he's like, hey, look, see, this is exactly what I'm talking about. Look at the power and the majesty and the glory of God. Look how he describes it beginning in verse 2. Hear attentively to the noise of his voice and the sound that goeth out of his mouth. He directed it under the whole heaven and his lightning unto the ends of the earth. After a voice roareth, he thundereth with the voice of his excellency. And he will not stay them when his voice is heard. He says, God sends thunder and lightning where he wants and when he wants for his purpose that we're never going to understand. Then he goes on to talk about other things that God does in nature. He talks about rainstorms and floods and, and, and thunderstorms and tornadoes and snowstorms and hurricanes and all these things that we consider natural disasters, he says these are a display of the power and the glory of God. God is so powerful and God is so in control that he even controls the cycle of nature. And then he tells us why in chapter 20, and then he tells us why in verse 13. He causes it to come whether for correction or for his land or for mercy. So he says God allows these things. God sends these things. God sends the rain. God sends the lightning. God sends the tornadoes. God sends the snowstorms. God sends blessing and God sends judgment or God sends pain. And he does it for one reason. He does it because he loves us. He says whether it's to bless us or whether it's to correct us, Everything God does is out of God's love, and it's out of God's mercy for us. So here's a lesson for us. We will never fully understand why we suffer. 
we're never going to understand why good things happen to bad people. We're never going to understand why sometimes it seems like bad people flourish. And it's not our place or our duty to understand. It's our place and our duty to trust God, to understand that whatever we're going through, whether it's suffering or whether it's blessing, it's all out of God's love for us and through his mercy for us. See, when Job and his friends were trying to explain why Job was going through what he was going through, whether it was for suffering or whether it was because God was unjust, they were trying to force God into their limited view of what God should be. They had a small view of God the Father. We can't try to shrink God into some small, manageable deity that we can control and we can explain and we can understand. We're never going to understand God this side of heaven. The Bible says his thoughts are not our thoughts. His thoughts are higher than ours. His ways are, are higher than ours. We will never understand fully why we go through what we go through on earth, but we can trust God fully. We can trust that whatever we're facing, it's out of his love for us, and it's through his mercy for us, and it's God doing something that we may not see the result even in our lifetime, but God sees the whole picture. God sees what the result of what we're going through is going to be, and we just have to trust that it is for our good and for his glory. Join us tomorrow. We're going to begin looking at Job chapter uh, 38 and 39. And in chapter 38, we get one more person showing up to respond, and it's God. God shows up, and God starts talking to Job and his friends. Hope everyone has a blessed day. We'll see you tomorrow.